small technical difficulty there. Somebody stepped on the wrong wire. Virginia citizens and American patriots, the only two-headed talk show on the planet. Radio is the founding fathers intended. The Lee Brothers. Hi, I'm Richard Lee. Brother Scott is off today. Coming up this hour, Chick-fil-A's Heroes. Richmond's schools, which is always a fun topic. Virginia Beach Man does an incredible act and saves a man's life. And our governor speaks out again about blackface. Wonderful. Virginia Beach Man driving across a bridge almost to his house. And he sees a man standing on the side of the bridge. And uh, God spoke to this man and told him he needed to help help the gentleman on the side of the bridge. So when he got home, he got on his scooter and he went back back up and parked the scooter and got out. And he, he didn't get too close to the man. The man kept telling him to stay back. And uh, he started talking to him. This happened on the Lessner Bridge in Virginia Beach. And the man on the bridge was contemplating suicide. This gentleman's name is Colin Dozier. He's a true, true, he, the true hero. He's a Christian man. He, he didn't want to get too close to him. So he, he, you know, he's kept inching his way closer and closer until he was about 10 or 15 feet away. And he leaned over the railing and said, hey, man, you know, what's going on? The troubled 27-year-old man didn't even look at Dozier, but he, he didn't give up. He, instead, he kept trying to encourage the man. He said, don't do it. Jesus loves you. He's here for you. The only thing he could possibly do was turn to the Lord and pray. So he got closer to him a little bit, reached out his hand and said, Lord Jesus, please speak to this guy. Open his eyes right now. Let him see your love. <coughs> Excuse me. I know when times are tough, the only thing to do is possibly turn to God. After 20 minutes went by, police finally showed up. Now, that's kind of funny. After 20 minutes went by, 20 minutes, <laughs> I guess they were busy. When they arrived, the troubled man flipped to the other side of the bridge's railing facing the water. The man who claimed he had a gun kept threatening to shoot both Dozier and a police officer, but that didn't stop the Good Samaritan who kept inching closer and closer to the man. He lunged for it, Dozier said. He went around his arms, pinched the back of his elbows. Dozier was a, a wrestler in his earlier days. Of course, he's a pretty young guy now. But he uh, grabbed him around his arms, put his hands behind his head so he couldn't do it, and he flipped him over the railing and uh, got him away from danger. Now, the gentleman, you know, he he was really having a tough time. Um, but he was only 27 years old, and he hadn't been sober a single day in 10 years. I mean, he, this was a troubled youth. The man was taken to a uh, 
mental health facility where he spent three or four weeks. But now today, Dozier, Christian man, saved this man's life, and the gentleman goes to church every Sunday with Colin Dozier. The man's scheduled to be baptized now. His life is completely turned around. Thanks to Colin Dozier. A, a Christian man heard God's word and saved this gentleman. Hallelujah. Amen. That's amazing. You know, Christianity is growing all over this world right now. That So many Muslims in Iran have converted to Christianity. Um, and it's happening all over the world. In Iran, the clerics got so upset that they're losing um, people from Islam. You know, the, Iran's minister, minister for intelligence. Minister for intelligence. It sounds like a character out of Harry Potter movie or something. But he, uh, this gentleman has launched this secret hunt down of Christians. They're trying to find out why they're leaving Islam, why they're converting to Christianity, why they're following Jesus now. Mahmoud Alavi, a high-powered Muslim cleric, claims it is a result of false evangelical propaganda. And he's assigned these intelligent re intelligence resources, which that sounds like a, almost an oxymoron, but probably meaning hit squads to stop the advocates of Christianity in every way possible in Iran. And this is going on all over the world. People are turning against Christians, you know, persecuting Christians. In Iran, you may just get a talking to, and then again, you might get a, a bullet in your head. I mean, that's how serious it is. But Christianity is growing in parts of the world, just like it did the days of Jesus Christ when he walked the earth. Christianity is growing leaps and bounds. But these people, you know, they, they worship the same way you do. You know, they, they try to anyway, but they have to do it in the dark. They have to do it in secrecy. They cannot do it in the open because they'll be persecuted. They may be killed. Their children may be killed. And, and, and they're trying to find out why they're converting from Islam. Maybe, you know, in that part of the world, there's more radical Islam than there is the other. And then maybe they just don't want their kids to grow up to be suicide bombers. Maybe they want their kids to grow up happy and healthy, worshiping our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Maybe, just maybe, they don't want their kids to follow the word of Islam. They don't want their kids to hate. It must be a miserable life to, to have all that hate inside and be taught that hate. You know, Christianity is love. It's what it is. And we want to ask today for everyone to pray for these people in Iran. They're trying, they're trying to worship our Lord, Jesus Christ, and they're allowed to be killed for it. But thousands of people are converting to Christianity, and that's a very powerful thing. So pray for them tonight. 
and every night so they can live their lives in peace. You know, we're getting ready to send a bunch of troops over there. Donald Trump's already cautioned Iran. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Maybe it has something to do with this, too. Maybe just, maybe just, maybe God's directing Trump to send the troops over there to shut down these evil clerics. This is a devil at work. It truly is. Want to help Richard prove Scott's wrong once and for all? Call the Lee Brothers. Where would you ask me where I come from? That's pretty easy, actually. Here's what At least I, I think so. Everyone. Again, my hat's off to Colin Dozier, a true American hero, great Christian man. Saved that gentleman in, in more ways than one. Saved him from jumping off a bridge, and, and his life is saved now because he's a devout follower of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, the, the the story coming out of Iran of thousands of Muslims converting to Christianity is just, it's, it's a moving story. You know, it, it really is. When you think it, all of these people, it's just like it was in the days of Jesus. You know, I, people say, uh, we're near the end of days. Maybe so. I don't know. You know, the only person who knows that is God. But uh, I had a, I had an idea that I wanted to share that I know would, you know, renew some people's faith. You know, invite some friends over for a Bible study. Invite some friends over to, you know, pray for these folks in Iran and have a Bible study. And uh, darken your house, darken down the rooms, light some candles, and do it under candlelight as if there's, you know, these this security force outside eavesdropping, trying to catch you, worshiping our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I would I would bet I would bet that some of the folks in the room's faith would just be so renewed, so energized. You know, just one night. Do it one night. Do it once a month. Do it once a week. You know, I did it, and it was amazing. It was amazing. And do it for an hour or two. And then roll out the shrimp cocktail and give me a call. I'll be right there. But uh, these these folks in Iran, pray for them. You know, put them on your prayer list at church. And pray for all of the people around the world that are, are finding their way to Christianity and are becoming Christians in 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 harm's way. Iran is a, is a dangerous nation anyway. You know, we're talking about sending tens of thousands of troops over there because there could be a conflict between the United States and Iran. If there is, so be it. Maybe that's God's will. Maybe God's directing our president to do just that because these clerics that are running that nation, it's Islam or nothing. They catch you worshiping Jesus, 
it could be very, very bad for you and your family. Yet, thousands of Muslims are converting to Christianity. That's powerful. That really that moved me. It was very, very powerful story. And uh, I prayed for them immediately. And we should pray for them every night. This is uh, incredible. It's incredible the way it's Christianity is is uh, sweeping around the globe, and people are converting to Christianity. They're finding their ways their way to Jesus. And uh, I, I just think it it's so powerful. God is here on this planet as always and they it's in high gear now Christianity's growing you know invite people to church on Sunday grow your congregation because the folks are out there and try that try that try that little practice that that little drill invite some people over have a little Bible study. Do it in the dark with some candlelight. And uh, you may be praying the same thing that folks all the way around the world are doing in secrecy, trying to stay safe, knowing that, that Christ will keep them safe. You know, Christianity is pure love. You know, invite your friends to enjoy it, too. Stay tuned for these important messages, and we'll be back shortly. The Lee Brothers, showing off the First Amendment and using the second only when necessary. This is an actual recording of my one-man band. I have a drum that sticks out out front, a trombone, some cymbals. I wish. You know, Chick-fil-A, we don't have our camera operating today. We do have some uh, technical difficulties here in the station today, but everything is going over there fine at this moment, so... That's a good thing. Four five four zero eight two two. Four five four zero eight two two. If you'd like to comment or if you have something you want to talk about, um, I guess our phone lines are up and running. Yeah, they're working. Anyway, I've got a story here about a Chick Fil A employees at a franchise in East Ridge, Tennessee. They insisted on helping a customer change a flat tire after he broke down in the drive-through lane of the restaurant. In addition to helping out with the man's car trouble, workers replaced his original food with fresh, hot food and gave him two free cookies for his troubles. Brian Hall, a worship leader and carpenter, detailed the incident on his Facebook page earlier in May where it soon went viral. On his Facebook page, Hall wrote, Bunch of saints over at the Chick-fil-A in East Ridge. My tire somehow went flat in the drive-thru, so they rushed out to replace it for me with their hydraulic jack. They... 
they brought my food out to me, and then after it was done, replaced my food with new fresh food so it wouldn't be cold and put two cookies in there for free. Those people are truly doing the Lord's work over there. You know, and that's true at, at every Chick-fil-A. It really is. They're a great operation. They do phenomenal work. And I love their chicken. Coming up, Richmond City Schools. We have an interesting story for you, and I love talking about the Richmond City Schools. So stay with us. We'll be back in about three minutes. Zero diversity, complete intolerance, and a total lack of fairness. It's the Lee Brothers. Four five four zero eight two two. Four five four zero eight two two. Anything you want to talk about? We'll talk about it with you. When was the last time that you? Uh, read or heard a story about the Richmond Public Schools that was positive. <laughs> I don't I don't remember the last time. I don't remember ever hearing a real positive, you know, praise the Richmond Public Schools. They don't suck, but actually they do. Uh, they, uh, they falsely reported the number of graduates they were going to have. Of course, nothing's probably going to ever come of that. And, uh, that's frustrating. You know, we should have the best education in the United States, and they should work very hard. You know, different children have different needs. Some children need more help than other children. And it's, you know, not the children's fault. The school needs to recognize that and, and work to address it. Simple as that. And, and, and this is an interesting, interesting story. Parents rally around former Richmond teacher banned from visiting schools. This story is a former teacher with Richmond Public Schools is banned from stepping foot inside any Richmond school. But many parents and students say they don't agree with that decision. Malcolm Solomon, he was an incredible teacher. He was spending much of his time volunteering at his former school, Chimborazo Elementary, to be a role model for students until he says he was pushed out. You know, after teaching for five years, Solomon had differences with the school administrators, which led him to resign. It's what happened afterwards that has a community demanding answers. This gentleman stayed after school, worked with the kids, whatever they needed. He was there for them on his own time, worked Saturdays. And that's probably, I can't say what the problem was with the administrators, but that was probably part of it because the other teachers weren't doing that. If you ask around, you'll find that Solomon isn't your ordinary teacher. A lot of teachers, when the bell rings, they're out the door. See this man stay after, give these kids what they need, and then tutor them on Saturdays, give up his free time. That's special. He gave my kids clothes. He made sure that DJ... When he was struggling in his class with SOLs, he came and got him on Saturday to make sure he came and passed his scores, Dominique Cody said. Although he loved his job, Solomon said he resigned from teaching at Chimborazo due to the differences with school teachers, school leaders. 
but he routinely came back to check on his former students. I was working with students who were weak in certain subject areas, students who I knew had certain behavior problems. I was come mentor them as well as to make sure they are being their best selves, Solomon said, but he can't anymore. Richmond Public Schools sent Solomon a letter saying he is banned from stepping foot at any school. He says he was told it's because he criticized school staff on social media and encouraged parents to place his name on their students' emergency contact forms, something some parents did because their children look up to him. When we asked for him to come into the school building to help our child, he should not be banned from that, Kalita Bird said. He's going the extra mile to come and help these kids. Solomon is now fighting the ban. He spoke out at a school board meeting Monday, protested outside of his former school each day, and students are showing their support, too. He's been my favorite teacher out of all my years in school, said fourth grader DeJounte Brown Ridge. Now, Richmond City schools, you know, essentially lying about the number of kids who are going to graduate. Yet they have a teacher like this that they ban from step, setting foot on school grounds. Because yeah, he's showing all the others up. Yeah, the other teachers just, end of the day, they're out of there. Exactly. And it goes to show you no good deed goes unpunished. The Richmond City schools are how you say failing schools well they uh they are the, the, the term failing schools should not exist in america it certainly it certain it shouldn't exist anywhere the richmond city public schools pours a ton of money the you know years ago i don't know what the, the head of the richmond city school board makes today but i remember a story years ago the lady was the head of the school board they paid her a a mere token, token, a little bit, you know, $175,000 a year. What a token. I would have done it for a hundred grand. I'd have done it for 75. Exactly. $175,000 a year. In one school year, this lady had set foot in one school in the Richmond public school system one time the entire year. Never visited any of the schools, never met with the teachers, administrators, and she's making $175,000 a year. And I'm sure that's much higher today. It'd be nice to know what the current superintendent is doing. That was 10 or 12 years ago. We broke that story on the air, and then an anonymous letter hit the radio station that we were on at that time. And... uh I had read some quotes from one of the school board people that uh, I don't remember exactly what the quote was, but it wasn't a normal thing anybody would walk around saying, if you know what I mean. And the letter, (laughs) I read the story in the newspaper with these quotes from this gentleman. Then I read the letter when we we were called into the office, like elementary school. I was waiting to get paddled. Back in our day, we would get paddled. Um, and they had a paddle with holes in it. Sure but did. But anyway, I was waiting to get paddled. I was, and I'm sitting there listening to, you know, being chastised over breaking the story on the air and attacking the Richmond City School Board. And lo and behold, 
in the letter with the exact same quotes in the newspaper of the person we had broke the story on on the air. So it kind of shut the station management down. But the school board listened, and all they did was attack us for, for breaking it. Of course. I mean, the amount of money poured into those schools, it's, it's over $12,000 a student that the Richmond City schools get to educate them. You could go to private school for that. And this gentleman, Malcolm Solomon, you know, he was he was working for them and giving them so much more than the other teachers in the school, than any of the other teachers in the school. And he had a problem with the management. They, he should be getting trophies, plaques, you know, bonuses, whatever. He should be getting something. Management should hold him up as an example to the others. But that's the problem. The others didn't like it. Probably so, because it made them look bad. Yeah. So I've worked for a company before where I worked hard and had an employee actually come up to me and say, hey, man, you're making us all look bad. I said, well, I'm not trying to make anybody look bad. I'm trying to do my job. We'll slow it down a bit. Yeah. Because you're, you're going to make us all have to work harder. This stinks. Yeah, exactly. I said, well, maybe I'll be your boss one day and you won't have that problem anymore. Mm. I won't. I said, no, because you'll be gone. There you go. Adios. Sayonara. Hasta la vista, baby. But anyway, this this gentleman, he he should be the head of the school board. You know, he he is he's a teacher because he had a true calling. You know, it, it takes somebody like Malcolm Solomon to have a true calling to work that hard and to care about the students that much. And they need somebody at the head of that school board that can motivate all of the teachers, and it's easy to do, motivate all of the teachers to work as hard as Malcolm Solomon did. And if if they find that 50% of their teachers or 10% of their teachers or 1% of their teachers are there for the paycheck, then, you know, it's hatchet time. Goodbye. Weed them out. Get rid of them and bring in people like Malcolm Solomon. They should make him a morale officer for the whole city school system. Yeah, they, they shouldn't need morale. They, they need somebody in charge that knows how to motivate a group of people. Exactly. You know, if they bring somebody in underneath somebody who's, you know, a dredge of society, someone's there for their paycheck, they're going to hold him back. He'll make them look bad. But anyway, our hats are off to you, Malcolm Solomon. Uh, we wish you all the luck in the world. You're a truly great American and Virginian, and uh, we hope you get this resolved with the Richmond City School Board where you can help these kids and maybe even get your job back there. Keep up the good work. Exactly. That's an alien we, alien we have in studio today. Uh, you know, we bumped him with our car because he was standing on the side of the road and it seemed like things to do at the time. <laughs> anyway, he's in studio with us. I think he's healed up. He was he wasn't speaking earlier, so maybe he had to learn our language. I saw my life flash before my eyes. There you go. <laughs> this is a pretty cool guy. He does great impersonations too. He was impersonating Scott there. <laughs> <gasps> oh! Get a hold of exactly. yourself. Exactly. Exactly.
representing the end of political correctness. It's the Lee brothers. Under the heading, My Pledge, he had written these words. America must win this war. Therefore, I will work, I will save, I will sacrifice, I will endure. I will fight cheerfully and do my utmost as if the issue of the whole struggle depended on me alone. My daddy served in the army We lost his right eye But he flew a flag out in our yard Till the day that he died Just after 3.50, this is the Lee Brothers On AMA 20 WNTW and FM 92.7 Our beloved Governor Ralph Northam today issued the following statement on the conclusion of the Eastern Virginia Medical School investigation as stories a couple days old or one day old, actually. And he essentially says, I have, I have cooperated with Richard Cullen and his team over the course of their investigation, both by making myself available for interviews, sometimes in blackface, I'm just kidding, I edited that, and by turning over the findings of my private inquiry into the matter. I had a private inquiry. That's very interesting. I am not the racist an offensive photo that appears under my name in the 1984 Eastern Virginia Medical School yearbook, even though when it first broke, I admitted it was me. And now I'm admitting that it's not. So there. <laughs> it was me before it wasn't me. As simple as that. Exactly. Exactly right. That being said, I know and understand the events of early February and my response to them have caused hurt for many Virginians. And for that, I am sorry. I felt it was important to take accountability for something I didn't do and the photo's presence on my page. But rather than providing clarity, <laughs> I instead deepened pain and confusion. <coughs> Excuse me. So... In visits with local leaders across the Commonwealth, I have engaged in frank and necessary dialogue on how I can best utilize the power of the governor's office. Yeah, exactly. The governor's office to enact meaningful progress on issues of equity and better focus on our administration's efforts for the remainder of my term. I have put up signs throughout the governor's mansion, no more blackface parties. <laughs> That conversation will continue with ensuing action, and I am committed to working to build a better and more equitable Virginia for all who call it home. Okay. The picture is in his yearbook. It's on, it's on his yearbook page, and he didn't do it. The school knew about it before they ever did this investigation. We're going to get to the bottom of this. They already knew what the bottom of this was. They ha they already knew. They put it in the book. They've admitted now. Well, yeah, we knew about it. We didn't say anything because we didn't want to change the political outlook, you know, the political outcome of the governor's race. We like get that race is up there in that house. Fairfax inconclusive yearbook photo investigation underscores need for due process. Talking about due process, why aren't you in jail? 
You should be in jail. Glenn Beck said you're either a racist or a rapist in Virginia, I guess. Well, this has really put a black eye on the state of Virginia. It just makes you want to Ralph. And, and, and the bottom line is, why aren't they talking about the horrible things that the governor said about abortion? You know, a conspiracy theorist might say, you know, they brought this all out to get it, get away from that Take away from abortion the comment, which nobody's even talking about anymore. You know, two ladies have identified Fairfax as a sexual predator or something to that effect. Anyway, the guy's, why is the guy not in jail? Or at least resigned from office. Well, none of them are going to resign. None of them, even... The, even the attorney general. Yeah, I, 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 did. I wore blackface. I'd never heard of blackface till these stories came out. It, it, it's crazy. And if Ralph Northam is not the guy in the blackface, then... Uh, Who is? He must be the guy. He's got to be. With the sheet on in the hood. Yeah. I, I admit the pointy hats are cool. I wouldn't mind... Have one without a mask in different colors. They they look uh, a dunce cap. Oh, well, I'll see if Scott still got his. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so much fun to pick on him when he's not here to defend himself. Yeah. Anyway, Northern, you need to resign over the comments about abortion. Fairfax, you need to go to jail. You need to just go down to jail and say, "Well, somebody, please put me in a cell." You know, and our beloved attorney general resign, man. Just everybody resign. Go home. Less government is more better. Coming up, swimming with the sharks. So stay tuned right here on 820 WNTW FM 92.7 with the Lee Brothers. Our version of the Federalist Papers, without all that reading, it's the Lee Brothers. Anything you want to talk about, we want to talk about, too. Uh, Coming up, we're going to have some fun with this one. Swimming with the sharks. If you've ever ever gone out swimming with the sharks, we'd like to hear from you at 454-0822. Because I never have. I don't like swimming with perches. They bite. Why why they do that? (laughs) Because they're hunting for their butt buddies. Stay with us. Coming up, swimming with the sharks. Taxpayer dollars paying for abortions and public schools in Hawaii. You want to hear about that? Right here on 820 WNTW. FM 92.7. We are the Lee Brothers. Incredible. Keep on turning. Virginia citizens, American Patriots, the only two-headed talk show on the planet Earth. Radio as the founding fathers intended, the Lee Brothers. I am Richard Lee. Brother Scott is off today. Slacker. Coming up this hour, Swimming with the Sharks. 
tax dollars for abortion? Do you have a valid argument against that? Some say no. Democratic senator addresses an eighth grade class. And I'd like to see if you agree with the content. I know I don't. And rescue animals coming to Virginia. There's one right there. Sweet story. Swimming with the sharks. Have you ever been swimming with the sharks? Is anyone out there, 454-0822, went swimming with the sharks? <laughs> I wonder if that music plays automatically when... Uh, you're swimming with the sharks. Yeah. That's a snappy tune. Especially when there's a 10-foot long great white shark swimming behind you. A nearly 10-foot long great white was detected in Long Island Sound. If this, this shark, they named him Cabot. That's enough to make him mad right there. He was spotted off the coast of Greenwich, Connecticut on Monday morning. O-Search is an organization that electronically tracks ocean life. And uh, Cabot, and if you're listening, Cabot, I didn't name you. But Cabot was tagged. This is a real-life Jaws-type shark. He's, he's the same size as the 1975 classic film Jaws. That music just makes me want to go swimming. I don't know about you. And Scott, if you're out on the beach right now and happen to be listening, here's a tune I'd like for you to remember. Jaws lives. You know, he came up in the Long Island Sound. Up in the Sound. You know, the Sound's a lot cleaner and healthier today than it's been in a long time. But are they going to be like killer whales coming up in there? Which, you know, they're not really killer whales. Humpback whales coming up in there. Flipper coming up in there. <laughs> they call him Flipper, Flipper, Flipper. Oops. Cabot just ate him. <laughs> Run for your lives. You know, great whites have a predictable migratory pattern and can move 100 to 150 miles per day. I'm lucky to go 100 and 150 feet a day. And Cabot is expected to exit the sound and continue north. I guess he's going back home up to Connecticut, see how many people he can eat along the way. You know, the, uh, the people that were tracking this gargantuan giant fish, shark. Um, so they were even disturbed to find him so far west because those, uh, you know, a Jaws type shark doesn't come inland. They stay out in the, in the, you know, in the ocean where it's deep water and plenty to eat. Big water. Ocean water. Yeah, it's around islands with big water. This is an island surrounded by Water, big water, ocean water. Exactly. 
that's where they stay. Except Cabot. Cabot's coming to visit you. This is an island. Pitch which leg, pick which leg you want to donate to the Cabot Fund. Because he's going to take one of them, maybe two. Um, this is the type of shark that will eat you. And this guy's big enough to eat all of you. I, he's just taking the day off. I'm sure he's uh, chilling. But you, could you imagine swimming and you turn around and suddenly, you know, they probably, you know, tag this shark with a device that plays that tune. <laughs> they didn't. It's a mistake. It should be a radar that the shark has with whatever they tagged it with. And it comes up behind a person just to give them a heads up. And what's that tune? Yeah. That should be the warning sign that uh, you have a problem behind you. And if you're not a fast swimmer, you may become an hors d'oeuvre. This is a big shark. They say it's the same size as the one they, in the movie, the, the fake Jaws. Ten feet. Over 500 pounds. I have some concerns. Yeah, me too. The scary thing is there's probably a lot out there that are bigger than old Cabot. This is true. His friends are probably going to pick on him because of his name. Here comes Cabot, Cabot, Cabot. Maybe we should eat him. (laughs) (laughs) They make a cheese. Cabot makes a cheese. It's really good cheese, too. I like it a lot. And this guy is up in the Sound. Do people swim in the Long Island Sound? I don't know. Suppose you hook that thing with a really nice fishing rod and he sucked you off a boat. You Gotta could, have a bigger boat. You could barefoot behind him. That's incredible. I'd love to see a shark that big through a telescope about 10 miles away. Not close up. Well, I think I'll stay on the sand this year if I go anywhere near it. Near it, they tracked this shark all the way to Florida. They recorded him going all the way to Florida, and then all the way back to the sound. I wonder if they've got yep. any like missing people in Florida. You know what I mean? I want. <laughs> I wonder if there's anyone that's been reported missing, and maybe they should check. You know. I wonder if you could catch Cabot and stick your finger down his throat and make him throw up, see what he's got in his belly. <laughs> of course, uh, I'd let you stick your finger down his throat. I'm not going to do it. I just uh, have a thing about that. I don't stick my finger down the throat of anything that can take half my body off and chew on it. You know what I mean? I don't know. Did you see that guy in Tennessee? And he parked his car, and when he came back, he had his w- windows open. When he came back, there were three large bear cubs in his car. Yeah, that, that's that's hilarious story. <laughs> you know, if you're in Tennessee and you park your car, put the windows up. Because <laughs> the bears are inside this guy's car, and they're chewing on the door handles as if they know how to get out. 
and there's three bears in the guy's car. There's a there's a, a another story about these Canadian college kids that befriended a bear, a big bear, and uh, he was like a big dog to them. They, and they had a station wagon just to freak out the people around town. They loaded this bear up in their car, and they're driving around town with a real big bear in the car. He was looking out the window, stopping at a stoplight. People are freaking out. And they would go through the drive-through at this burger place. And the lady at the drive-through scared her so bad, she took off running and screaming. And they just wanted to get some cheeseburgers for the bear. <laughs> they did ultimately get in some trouble for that. I don't know why. But suppose the bear had a bad day. <laughs> I don't know what would be worse, Cabot having a bad day or or the bear. That's just as long as it's not on the same day. Really? <laughs> really? That's amazing. I'd like to have a bear pet. The bigger the better. Coming up to your tax dollars. Should your tax dollars go to pay for abortion? And if you think it doesn't, do you have a valid argument? Because according to this lady, you don't. Stay tuned. Traffic and weather. (laughs) The Lee Brothers, showing off the First Amendment and using the second only when necessary. And children... If your parents haven't been teaching you what it means to be an American, let them know and nail them on it. That would be a very American thing to do. Yeah. A United States senator. I won't even... Honor the nut job. I mentioned her, her name. She told NBC News Josh Lederman that voters that oppose taxpayer dollars paying for abortion do not have a valid argument. Four five four zero eight two two. This this woman says we have a tenant in our constitution. <laughs> It's called separation of church and state, and I do not believe that that is a valid argument. I think that the Hyde Amendment should be repealed and that we actually need to make sure that women, regardless of their income level, have a basic right to reproductive care. It's about our humanity. It's about our humanity, and it's about our basic civil rights. And I don't know where when abortion came into a, being a civil right. Where is it on the Bill of Rights? And it's being, this is about our humanity. This is about killing babies. This is what it's about. And and people want to kill the baby, but they don't want to pay for it. They want you to pay for it. Here, check out what uh, Representative Dan Crenshaw said. The role of government is to protect God-given rights that we have and to ensure that we live as free as possible. The role of government is to tax people to the least extent possible while still taxing them enough to, to, to cover basic needs for government. And if we're questioning what those needs are, we can just look at our Constitution. They're generally pretty clear there. 
Lieutenant Dan, you're a truly great American. Smart man. That was, uh, how can, how, I don't understand where this, this woman's coming from. I'm not going to mention her name. She's running for president. I wish her all the luck in the world. I saw a uh, survey conducted on AOC, the Cortez nut. And it, it, <laughs> it was just asking people, do you agree with what she says and the fact that she wants to run for president or not? 4% agree. 96% say she's a whack job. Where did she come from? And, and how do we get rid of her? You know, how does separation of church and state have anything to do with taxpayers funding doctors that stop a baby's heartbeat? Sounds like evil forces to me. You know, it, it, how? I, I, I don't understand. You know, in, in Hawaii, Democratic Senator Maisie Hirano addressed an eighth grade class and, and told the eighth grade class, essentially, well, not essentially, this is exactly what she told them. She told them that Republicans you know, want to take away their reproductive, their, their, their right to an abortion. Republicans want to take away the rights these children have to an abortion. And then she says, girls, how many of you do you want a Republican to take away your right to an abortion? Nobody raised their hands. And she said, and you too, boys, they wouldn't need an abortion if it weren't for you. <laughs> Male These bashing. Are eighth grade class. Eighth grade. You know, schools are an indoctrination center. If that doesn't prove it, I don't, I don't know what does. None of the boys raise their hands. So then this whack job goes around the country bragging about this incredible speech that she made to 68th graders. And their responses were, none of them wanted Republicans taking away their right to an abortion. I would be beyond angry. I would be so angry at this. I, don't, I would go to jail. I'd go to jail. I'd go down to that school and somebody would listen to me vent. Unbelievable. Four five four zero eight two two. Your comments and more of the Lee Brothers right here on A twenty WNTW and FM ninety two point seven after these important messages. One day, a pretty, fresh faced young lady, intelligent and sincerely concerned, asked me if abortion wasn't preferable to making a young unmarried girl have a baby she didn't want, and which would therefore grow up unloved and probably turn out to be a criminal. I gave an answer which apparently she hadn't considered. I told her there were literally millions of people in this country who wanted but could not have children and who waited eagerly, sometimes for years, to adopt the baby she had described. That such a child would not be unloved, very much the opposite was true. There were always some raised hands and unanswered questions after the cameras were turned off, and I always tried to stay around to answer them, even though we were no longer on the air. Well, this day, another equally attractive girl had her hand half raised. I called on her, but she didn't have a question. Instead, she said, 
I am adopted. I think a great deal of my folks, and I think they feel the same about me. And then she added this unforgettable line. I'm glad no one killed me. Representing the end of political correctness. It's the Lee Brothers. I know it's getting late, dear, but it's not often that we have so many people who've written about us and broadcast about us <laughs> all together in one room like this, and I thought you might like to say a few nice words to them. <laughs> They're all from the press and radio and television. Maybe just a friendly little greeting would do. <laughs> How about just a f word or two, something friendly, even one kind word? I'm thinking, I'm thinking. <laughs> Love Reagan. Don't you love this music? Oh, yes. On Tuesday, abortion activists descended upon the steps of the Supreme Court in support of Roe v. Wade reproductive justice and protests of the states such as Alabama that have passed new laws and restrictions on abortion. Democrats in office and 2020 Democratic candidates showed up to take the megaphone and say their piece, in particular blasting the Supreme Court with Justice Brett Kavanaugh though the laws are set by states. Hawaii Democratic Senator Major Hirano, the nut job who addressed the eighth grade class, had some things to say. Coming up, we'll tell you about it. Right here on 820 WNT and FM 92.7. diversity, complete intolerance, and a total lack of fairness. It's the Lee Brothers. If you're traveling this weekend, take your time and, and be safe and have a wonderful weekend. And remember the reason for the weekend. It is Memorial Day weekend. Let's support our, our soldiers and those who gave the, the ultimate sacrifice so we can live the lives that we live today. We were uh, talking about the fact that according to these uh, Democratic senators, you have no valid argument against your money um, going to pay for abortions, which should be legal anyway. But uh, this lady from Hawaii, Democratic Senator Maisie Hirano, 
You know, there's a big uh, protest in front of the Supreme Court building on Tuesday of this week. Um, and a lot of senators and congressmen and such went to say their piece to show all of the whack jobs that are out there that they're in total support of their their uh, nut jobs, nut jobbiness, I guess you'd say. But anyway, the Hawaii senator probably used taxpayers' money to get there so she could use her time in front of the crowd to fire up the protesters with a tail of school kids in Hawaii who are worried about their abortion rights and to brag about how she rallied those children. Keyword, children. Now, let me say that again. She used her time in front of the crowd to fire up the protesters with a tale of school kids. Now, this could have been your kids. It could have been mine in Hawaii who are worried about their abortion rights. They're worried about their abortion rights because... You told them to worry about their abortion rights. I don't think I can stomach any more of this garbage. Yeah, me either. Same here. They're worried about their abortion rights because they were told they were worried about their abortion rights. This This is what's happening in the schools in the United States today. It's, this is unbelievable. She should be disciplined for this. These kids were underage. She was bragging about how she rallied those children. She got them fired up. Yeah, I want to use my abortion rights. Yeah, come here, Johnny. I mean, this is unbelievable. Every bit of 14 years old, you reckon? 13 and 14. Yeah. Actually, 13 and 14. That's the lesson eighth graders needed. That's what they needed to learn. Not history, not English, not math. But they needed to learn that their abortion rights are are being taken away from them by those dirty, vile Republicans. I don't want them punished with a baby. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. And they want you to pay for it. They don't want these kids to be responsible. They don't want them to learn the right things they should be learning. They don't want them. This is so frustrating. This is an unbelievable story. I can't believe this is this is real. This really happened in the United States of America. Exactly. Yeah, instead it's of, just unbelievable. Instead of teaching them about abortion rights, ought to be teaching them about the Bill of Rights. Well, well, here's, you know, God can't be in that school. Of course not. God's not allowed. But this... Nut job senator was allowed to tell these kids that they're losing their abortion rights, which probably, I would say, a lot of the kids didn't even know what that meant. No, they probably could have cared less. You know, why not teach them to be responsible and to consider the consequences ahead of time? You know, they're going to blame Republicans for taking away their abortion rights. Do you, you know, have any idea how many babies 
have been aborted since 1970, from 1970 to 2015. Exactly. 46 million babies have been aborted from 1970 to 2015. That's because they're considered to be inconvenient. I don't have time for a baby. Let me just put this one on top of the 46 million others that have gone before. 46 million babies. That's unbelievable. Just, gee whiz. And, and not one, not a single Democratic candidate for president this year, and there's a boatload of them, not one supports any restrictions on abortion. Up to and including after birth. Yeah. Uh, that, that's just, you know, go back and find uh, our beloved governor's comments on YouTube. That'll make you puke. It's murder, folks. You know, I can't believe 46 million babies. And that's just the United States. Most most countries have laws against abortion. Most countries don't allow it. You know, the author of this article says Democrats are vile, wicked creatures. <laughs> Let's just say that Maybe they're being persuaded by evil forces. Yeah, the devil's at work. Exactly. They're a bunch of extremists. They uh, they support vile, wicked things like abortion, and they teach children. They teach your children. Yeah, that it's okay to do it. I'd love to see a story on how many of the parents blew their mind, but, you know, Hawaii is primarily a democratic state. I mean, so they probably... We're very happy. Most of the parents were probably tickled to death that their children were taught about abortion, about their abortion it's rights being, by a United States senator. Being indoctrinated in the public schools run by the Democrats. How do these people get elected? I would create a hundred or a thousand or a million young Barack Obamas or Michelle Obamas. Well, that would be something for Cabot the Shark to do. Wait till the, those million Obamas go swimming. That'd be like a buffet line. He'd bring all his friends. But if they're, as this man says, evil, vile people, I wonder what they would taste like. Or, but uh, Cabot would probably wouldn't mind. He'd go back out to sea with a full belly. Chow time. Don't make stuff up and don't pretend. But it's so much fun. Uh, we're going to indoctrinate <laughs> your children and make you pay for it. Absolutely. Do uh, ask you, Secretary <laughs> wow. Now you can hear the witch in that laugh. You sure can. You can hear the evil. You know, that's a, that's a that's something that keeps me awake at night. I have a nightmare. It's Hillary's laughter. Bang my head on the headboard. Do want to ask you, Secretary Clinton? <laughs> that's a fall out of the bed one. I bet you if she came up to this car full of four bears and and put out her laugh, they'd all be out of there. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog too. Exactly. <laughs> 
Would you say there's a case there for demonic possession? I think demonic possession has happened. Absolutely. I think that uh, it's happened a lot in this country. You know, you read these stories and you say, how can how can a United States senator talk to eighth graders about this? How can a United States senator get away with it? How could she's telling, she's bragging to her her senator pals about how she talked to these eighth grade kids about their abortion rights. And her pals are like, wow, I wish I thought of that. I mean, they're not like, are you nuts? They're not like, if you, you come near my kids, I'll hit you with a stick. And I guarantee you, if a conservative had been speaking in front of an eighth grade oh, class my about some uh, conservative viewpoints, they'd be drummed out of town. Oh, my gosh. That's a great point. If a conservative had done this, what she did, they would have probably had to resign by now. Bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> that was Scott laughing from from a distance. He has a funny laugh. I thought it sounded familiar. He has a funny laugh. He's so funny. I, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get how people tolerate this. Why do they let this happen? I, I, I don't understand. Well, they took it, God it, out of government and they took God out of schools. This greatest nation on earth. And uh, that just left a vacuum for evil forces to fill. And we're seeing the fruits of that now. It's unfortunate. People say, how does God let this happen? God's not allowed in the schools. That's right. We let it happen. The Lee Brothers on AMA 20 WNTW and FM 92.7, We'll be back in a few moments with some really nice happy stories, animal stories. Our version of the Federalist Papers, without all that reading, it's the Lee Brothers. He doesn't fight crime or wear a cape. He doesn't read minds or levitate. But every time my world needs saving, he's my Superman. Some folks don't believe in heroes, cause they haven't met my dad. Another great song. That's a great song. I wrote it. I know you did. Not really. I was somebody, with you when you did it. Somebody took it away from me. Oh, what's that? Yeah, I've always had that idea. Yeah, we were talking about bears earlier. This, uh, this guy in in uh, Tennessee, they were out for a drive, and they stopped and left the windows down keep the car cool, I guess. And he told his wife he'd love to see a bear. He just wanted, he was out there, just wanted to see a bear. <laughs> and they come back, and they see this bear hopping in the window. And uh, he's hanging on the window like racing style, you know, and, <clears throat> excuse me. All of a sudden, this bear climbs on in the window, and they realize there's three others already in the car. Now, you know, 
I guess the papa bear, you know, he said he thought he was being punked. Well, that's an interesting way to be punked, I guess. You know, the papa bear is opening the ashtray, seeing if he hit the keys in there, pulling the visors down. It was like, shucks, we got in the wrong car. But uh, if you park your car, your car in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, <laughs> don't leave the keys. <laughs> leave the windows down if you like, but don't leave the keys. These are talented bears. They're not your average bear. <laughs> and there's four of them in his car. Four bears in his car. Now, what do you think was going through the bear's mind? Hey, Car with the window down. Come on, youngsters. Let me teach you something. And they're all in the car. <laughs> One of them probably said, I don't know about this, Yogi. Yeah, really. <laughs> the ones hanging on the sides like, wee, I'm pretending we're driving, wee. Come on, boo-boo. He's hanging on the side of that car. <laughs> His mom was like, stop playing and get in the car with the rest of your family. We've got to get out of here. They're going to catch us. <laughs> And they're in there chewing on door handles and stuff. They're just having a good old bear time. And the father walks out with his wife. I mean, the husband walks out with his wife and says, I, I wanted to see a bear, but shazam. I didn't want to see four of them in my car. Incredible. This is hilarious. That's a funny story. <laughs> There's 130 animals that have been displaced from Oklahoma shelters coming to Virginia. They're flying them here. And I guess the dogs were heard saying, hey, how come we can't sit in the seats? Anyway, they put them all in those transport plastic things. But they put the poodles in first class. Probably. Whatever they call them, but the Humane Society of the United States said 130 dogs and cats will arrive at Manassas Regional Airport and be transferred to various animal rescue organizations in Virginia and Maryland, including Richmond Animal Care and Control. These are some great animals that need a loving home. So you're looking for a pet, a cat or a dog. Check these animals out there in Richmond. They're in Charlottesville, Fairfax County, Falls Church, Washington, D.C., in Washington County, Maryland. Um, these are all from Oklahoma, from the floods and the tornado area out there. These are all animals that that need a loving home. They've been through a, Exactly. I'll translate what he said. Feed me. But uh, they all need a loving home. You know, they, they've been through a lot. They survived it. And they're here now. Um if you're thinking about getting a pet, this is an ideal time to do it. You know, adopt one of these rescue animals. 130 dogs and cats to pick from. First come, first serve. And again, they're in Richmond, Charlottesville, Fairfax County Falls Church, Washington, D.C., and Washington County, Maryland. There's a, a nice thing for you to do this weekend. Get adopt ju- a pet. Get Junior a dog. Or a cat. I like cats. Cats are cool. Coming up, we have a new neighbor moving to Virginia that you probably might be interested in. So stay with us. The Lee Brothers on 820 WNTW and FM 92.7. Making 
Radio great again. It's the Lee Brothers. Coming up, a new neighbor's coming to join us in Virginia. You may want to know about this guy. Dunkin' Donuts had a very firm statement they uh, want you to know. And Batman lives. It's for, This is serious. The real Batman lives. He's old. Or older. And he's got a beard. How in the world does he hide that beard under the cowl? I don't know. It's magic. But uh, he lives, and uh, we'll tell you about that very soon. Plus, we have a story about aliens. I wonder if Batman knows about the aliens, and he's willing to beat them off. Who knows? That didn't sound right at all. That just came out wrong. I mean, beat them up. Stay with us right here on 820 WNTW, the Lee Brothers. Virginia citizens, American patriots, the only two-headed talk show on the planet, radio as the founding fathers intended, the Lee Brothers. I'm Mr. Lee Brother Scott is off today. Coming up this hour, a new Virginia resident you want to know about. Dunkin' Donuts made a bold statement we'll talk about. Batman was seen in hot pursuit. Not kidding. The Batmobile was in hot pursuit. We'll tell you about that. And NASA is developing alien-looking robots. You know, the question I have is, alien-looking How do they know what an alien looks like if they don't exist? Exactly. And a story about the Pentagon investigating aliens. The existence thereof. That's the sound that they make when they come to abduct you. They take you away and do an anal probe. So you would have known what's happened to you, hadn't it? No. A lot of people... Dream about it. They say if you dream that you've been abducted by aliens, you probably have. That's a scary thing. Probably. I hope they're gentle with him. (laughs) Newly freed John Walker Lynn, known as the American Taliban, is going to live here in Virginia with us. Isn't that lovely? Isn't that just great? And that's a court order. American John Walker Lind. He's also has Irish citizenship. He's uh, he went to a religious school where he studied for five months in Banu, 190 miles southwest of Islamabad, Pakistan. He was a young Californian, go figure, who became known as the American Taliban after he was captured by U.S. forces in the invasion of Afghanistan in late 2001. He was freed last Thursday 
after almost two decades in prison. Well, John Walker Lynn, known widely as the American Taliban, was released from prison in Terry Hot, Indiana. He was freed on probation after serving 17 years of a 20-year sentence. He should have got life. For providing support to the Taliban. He was captured during the invasion of Afghanistan in the fall of 2001, returned to the United States the next year. The Washington Post reported that a lawyer for Lynn, William Cummings, said Lynn must reside, get this, in the Eastern District of Virginia to comply with probation. Why Virginia? He said Lynn aims to lie low and keep out of trouble. His family has been concerned about death threats. He was heard saying, where's the nearest fertilizer store? I'm just kidding. The Eastern District stretches from Northern Virginia through Richmond area to Hampton Roads. Under the conditions of his release, Lynn is barred from owning an Internet-connected device without permission. Give me a break. He's also barred, unless otherwise approved, from any online communications not in English and may not communicate with any of his terrorist friends or anyone known to be an extremist. Lynn cannot hold a U.S. passport, which prevents the immediate possibility of him going back. No, I'm just kidding. Making a move to Ireland, where he obtained citizenship through his grandmother while in prison, he also must undergo mental health counseling. I can diagnose him right now. He's a nut. Lynn, 38. He was 17 when he left home in California in 1998 to study Arabic in Yemen. He made his way to Pakistan in 2000, later to Afghanistan, where he served as a Taliban volunteer at an al-Qaeda training camp. He was captured months into the fight against the Taliban in Afghanistan, a war that's now lasted longer than his incarceration. The revelation that a young American had joined the group that harbored the 911 terrorists was a national shock. Lynn pleaded guilty in 2002 to aiding the Taliban and carrying weapons. Prosecutors were unable to prove, however, that he went beyond fighting the Taliban's Afghan enemies by aiding terrorists and trying to kill Americans. At his sentencing in Alexandria in late 2002, Lynn said that he condemned terrorism on every label, unequivocally. Now, you're in front of a judge, and the judge says, are you going to steal any more cars? No. No, I'm not, I'm not going to. You're going to rob any more banks? Oh, of course not. Are you going to be the dirtbag criminal that you were? Oh, of course not. I'll be a good citizen. Assessments in recent, recent years suggest that Lind may not have fully rejected extremist views. A 2017 report by the National Counterterrorism Center, first published by Foreign Policy Magazine, said that as of the previous year, Lind had continued to advocate for global jihad and to write and translate violent extremist texts. Another 2017 assessment from the Federal Bureau of Prisons said that he had made supportive statements about the Islamic State group. But yet, when he goes before the judge, oh, I'm done with all that. When he goes to the parole board, he gets out early. You know, I've done all that. I'm not going to disappear off the face of the earth, only to to reappear in Pakistan or Afghanistan. I mean, this is unbelievable. 
Thursday, the day was released, President Donald Trump said that he, he had tried to stop the release. Now, if the president can't stop the release of a terrorist from federal, prison. A federal prisoner. That's I crazy. Mean, I don't. I don't understand that at all. Trump said at an afternoon news conference that he was unhappy about Lynn's release, but the best lawyers in our country that work for our government had told him there was no way to legally stop it. The lawyers have gone through it with a fine-tooth comb. If there was a break, a way to break that, he would have broken it in two seconds. He added that Lynn, who he asserted had not given up his proclamation of terror, would be closely monitored. Give me a break. What, are they going to put one of those ankle bracelets on? Go to bed one night, cut the thing off, and disappear. Lynn's plea agreement capped his sentence at 20 years. He was released early for good behavior. It's nice that a terrorist behaves well while he's behind bars with steel all around him. In prison, he remained religiously doctrinaire going by Yaya Lind. He successfully challenged the policy of strip-searching detainees in his unit before visits. So you want to go visit your terrorist friend, strip-search time. The old rubber glove snaps on your hand. Because in Islam, a male person is prohibited from exposing the area of his body between the navel and the knees. He also won the right in court to participate in a daily group prayer. Lind, 21 at the time of his arrest, was raised outside San Francisco by a Catholic father and a Buddhist mother. He converted to Islam as a teenager after reading the autobiography of Malcolm X. Mm -hmm. This guy is going to live here in lovely Virginia with us. Unbelievable. And he's court-ordered to live here. Well, there's a lot of good old boys around that'll keep an eye on him. Why not order him to live in Guantanamo Bay, Gitmo? There's an idea. That's what I would have done. I would have stuck that boy in Guantanamo Bay. But not. I wouldn't have batted an eye. Coming up, more of the Lee Brothers right here on AM820 WNTW and FM92.7, so stay with us. Freedom isn't passed through the bloodstream, it's fought for daily. Fight alongside the Lee Brothers. This patriotic music is really nice. It's so beautiful. I, I love symphony music. I love to hear all of the horns and the strings. I love to hear them fire up and just bellow out a nice patriotic song. Speaking of being patriotic, you know, I'm kind of a, well, I'm not kind of, Krispy Kreme, it's hard to drive by a Krispy Kreme without your mouth watering. If you're a Krispy Kreme fan. But I'm also... A Dunkin' Donuts fan. In fact, I'm a fan of any kind of donut, really. Dunkin' Donuts executive Drayton Martin made a profound statement this week. Dunkin' customers will only receive the coffee and donuts they order. 
liberal political agendas excluded. That is profound. That is profound, and I like it a lot. Her comments, of course, were a knock against Starbucks, one of Duncan's main competitors, which has aggressively pushed political agendas in recent years, and they're liberal political agendas. While speaking in Boston on a Monday during the International Trademark Association's annual meeting, Martin directly targeted Starbucks' insistence on wading into political agendas. She said, we are not Starbucks. We aren't political. We aren't, she used the word gonna, we aren't gonna put stuff on our cups to start conversations. We don't want to engage you in a political conversation. We want you to get in, to get you in and out of our store in seconds. They want to provide an incredible level of service. Sounds like a business plan to me. Without all that garbage. Keep up the good work. I agree. She uh, she went on. She directed her comments at Starbucks because the coffee chain is notorious for using its influence to push political agendas, either through cup designs or for the gay agenda, caffeine, encouraging. Yeah, there's a story somewhere where they they are going to start. Uh, Starbucks is going to try to hire specifically Muslims for a while. I don't, I don't know what that's all about. But uh, anyway, they banned carrying firearms in the stores, which you can't get a permit to carry a firearm unless you're not a, a criminal. Um, you can open carry them, but again, you can't get a gun unless you're not a criminal. A criminal. They're just trying to, you know, they came out against Donald Trump. They're just trying to push a political agenda. So if they're happy with their entire consumer base being liberals, more to them. But I'll tell you one thing. Dunkin' Donuts makes an awesome, what do they call that chocolate top with the cream inside, Bavarian cream? Yeah, something like that. They make an incredible. Make me want one right now. Don't I like that? Yeah. Mm-mm. It just happens to be a Dunkin' Donuts near us, but I can't run that fast. Coming up. Batman. Why would Batman live in Maryland? That just uh, just, just turns me off completely. I was like a big fan of Batman, but he lives in Maryland? Really? He's just trying to slide in on an incognito, you know. I, I, you know, I, Virginia's right beneath you, Batman. I mean, come on. It's, it's hard to sing along with this song. It's so hard to learn the words. Yeah. Batman. Batman. He's a fat man. At least he is this now, guy. Anyway. No, this guy's not. Batman. Batman. I wonder how long it took him to write this song. <laughs> it's got so many creative words in it. Batman. Anyway, Batman literally lives in Maryland. And we're going to tell you all about it shortly. Because I've never known the Batmobile to have an accident, ever. But the Batmobile was in an accident. Not of his uh, doing, though. No. It wasn't Batman's fault. It's never going to be Batman's fault. No. I think somebody rammed it on purpose. Probably the Penguin or the Joker. In disguise as a normal person. Of course, this is a normal person driving a full-blown Batmobile. You know what I'm saying? 
course, I'd be driving it too if it was mine. It'd be sitting outside right now. I'd probably have a cape on. Wait for some criminal action to come. But at this point in my life, I think I'd just race there and then watch it. I don't think I'd jump out and go, I'm Batman. Don't hit me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, exactly. Kapow! Crunch! Whammo! (laughs) Yeah, you'd have to have a little thing in your hand for the sound effects. So if somebody runs up and hits you, you can go, kapow! And then you can run and do this silly jump. And hopes that the guy is dressed like a penguin. He had the penguin, the Joker, the Riddler. Oh, and Catwoman. Catwoman. That's a fine-looking babe, Catwoman. But she used to use this dastardly gas to try to trick Batman into falling in love with her. Yeah, we're going to... uh, Tell you about Batman. When we come back, have these important messages. AMA 20 WNTW with the Lee Brothers. Stay with us. Want to help Richard prove Scott's wrong once and for all? Call the Lee Brothers. The commissar in the Soviet Union who went out to one of those state collective farms, grabbed the first worker he came to, said, how are the crops? Oh, he said, the crops never have been better. Just wonderful. He said, how about potatoes? Oh, he said, comrade commissar, if we could put the potatoes in one pile, they would reach the foot of God. And the commissar said, this is the Soviet Union. There is no God. He said, that's all right. There are no potatoes. Coming up. Believe it or not. Batman is real. And we're going to tell you about that. We're also going to tell you about... This is a true story. It's not a, not a parody. The Pentagon has finally admitted that they're investigating UFOs. So they're not saying they're not real. They're investigating them, which means they must be real. And how do you investigate a UFO? Do they shoot them down with jets and then open the door and say, hey, come on out of here, aliens. We want to investigate your UFO. I mean... They're investigating that. Plus, NASA, believe it or not, is building soft robots that look like inflatable aliens. You can order these from Amazon. They come in a big box with a pump. No, I'm just kidding. But how do they know what a real alien looks like so they can make an inflatable duplicate? Stay with us, AMA 20, WNTW and FM 92.7 with the Lee Brothers. Kind, compassionate, and tolerant. Oh, wait, that's a different show. The Lee Brothers. He was a famous trumpet man from all Chicago way. He had a boogie style that no one else could play. He was a top man at his craft. But then his number came up and he was gone with the draft. He's in the army if now. You're a, a blowing reveille. He's the boogie woogie. A He's fan of Gary Shanice, the actor. Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan. Anyway, Gary Shanice. Uh 
is a truly great American. He, he, out of his own pocket, flew 1,000 children of fallen soldiers to Disney World. God bless him. Gary Sinise, you know, you're, you're an incredible American and, and a, an awesome, awesome person. Driving down the road in Maryland, you may have seen this. Uh, and again, not. Anyway, Batman took the Batmobile out for a, a, a spin. And holy hit and run, Batman. Somebody hit him from behind. While he's driving. He's driving down the road. Who hits Batman from behind? I mean, the Batmobile, this is a the Batmobile from the 60s. It's 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 amazing car and how in the world would somebody hit him from behind while he's going down the, the highway? But anyway, you know somebody if you're driving down the road and somebody hits you from behind, I guess you'd signal to them and they'd signal to you or whatever, whatever kind of signaling signaling you might want to do. Um, he expected the man to pull over. The man didn't pull over, so Batman called the police, and there was a hot pursuit. Batman was in a hot pursuit in the Batmobile. Yeah. He switched the switch on the dashboard, and lo and behold, this song starts to play. People hear it coming up from behind. What do you do? You get out of the Batmobile's way. Anyway, he uh, chased the guy down. The guy pulled into a church parking lot. (laughs) Please don't hurt me, Batman. Please. Don't hit me. Batman got out, and then there was kapow, crunch, whoopo, wham. He flipped the guy around a little bit, like back and forth, like a cartoon character. Wham, 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 wham. And the guy said, I'll pay for the car. He said, you right. You'll pay for the car. Anyway, the police showed up. You would think somebody rams you from behind on the highway and then runs, and you have to Chase them down. Boy, I'd love to have a Batmobile to chase people down. I'd be out there every day chasing people. Citizens arrest. Citizens arrest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Holy smokes, Batman. Anyway, the police didn't charge the guy with hit and run. I guess they were so stupefied by the fact that Batman had actually caught a criminal. That they let the criminal go. And maybe the criminal was like the Joker or something. He sprayed some kind of gas in their faces and they just, none of them knew who they were. This guy's Batmobile is tricked out with a bad phone, rocket launchers, and a projector that shows the bat symbol on the road at night. I want it. I want it bad. (laughs) I just want to drive it for a weekend. Or even an hour. This car is too cool. It's a 1966 Batmobile. Like the one in the original TV series. It'd be funny if he was wearing the mask and stuff. Yeah, I would have been. (laughs) I actually have that. Somebody stole my cape, though. You can't be Batman without a cape. I wore that thing at Halloween one year. Some kids came up and said, give us a suit. There's four of them. I said, try to take it. And I, I knelt to my knees and thanked God that they didn't. <laughs> they respected the uniform. They would have beat Batman unmercifully. 
and taken my cape. That would have been bad. How does Batman lose his cape? And all the Batman movies, shows, whatever I've ever watched in my life, he never once lost that cape. Never even got it torn. And then nobody ever hit the Batmobile either that I can remember. How do you hit the Batmobile? That guy's license should have been taken away. Batman should have poked him in one of the eyes. You know, don't beat me. I'm not. Poke. I can't see. No kidding. You hit me from behind on the highway. That's an understatement. You can't see. But Batman lives. I'm glad to say. I already knew it. I've been saying it for years. That's right. UFOs are real. I don't care what anyone says. This story's headline is Pentagon finally admits it investigates UFOs. So in other words, they've been investigating them for a long time. You know, Project Blue Book, if you remember that, back in whatever whatever it was, maybe the the 60s. 60s, Project, I wonder why they called it Blue Book. Because they called little alien creatures graves. I wonder why they didn't call it Project Gray Book. Anyway, I guess I'll never know that. The Pentagon finally admits it investigates UFOs. US- That's something. Key I word mean, there that is, is something. Gates, which means it's still doing it. The United States Navy is drafting new guidelines for reporting UFOs. In other words, don't call in on that phone number anymore. Call this phone number. It's special. I mean, why do they need new guidelines? Just call them and say, hey, there's one outside. It's hovering. Lights, the house is shaking and there's lights and smoke around the grass. The Pentagon has finally uttered the words it has always avoided when discussing the possible existence of UFOs, unidentified aerial phenomena. So what do we call them? UAPs now? Or I don't know. Unidentified aerial phenomena? And admits that it still investigates reports of them. Still. So in other words, they never stopped. Right. They never stopped. Why? Because they're real. But they don't like the the term UFO. Unidentified aerial phenomena. They have USOs too, which is an unidentified sea. Whatever. And while the Department of Defense says it shut down the AATIP in 2012, that's the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. In other words, they changed the name from Project Blue Book to Advanced, which means superior, upper level, whatever, aerospace threat. Really? They're afraid of these guys? I know nothing. Yeah, that's what they're that's what they're saying. Yeah, they can't catch one. Well, one of them crashed in Roswell in 1947, I think it was. Advanced aerospace threat. It's a threat. We should be scared. <laughs> Identification program. The Department of Defense is always concerned about maintaining positive identification of all aircraft. In our operating environment, I would certainly hope so, as well as identifying any foreign capability that may be a threat to the homeland. So they're calling them foreign? Why not just call them illegal aliens if they're so afraid of them? Yeah, exactly. It's a whole new term of legal aliens. I saw a little gray guy 
He was an illegal alien. Yeah, he didn't come into the country through legal means. Yeah, exactly. The inflatable uh, replicas, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that look, both yep. look like aliens. You know, NASA is developing these soft robots. Why not make them hard robots? Well, the uh, there was soft robots on the Disney movie Big Hero 6, and so I think they're just trying to recreate that. No, Disney's in on the action. <laughs> and somebody probably watched that movie and said, i got to get back to work. <laughs> right. <laughs> i got I, I got to draw one of these things out. I feel like I'm in inventing mode or something. I Researches. have some concerns. I would hope so. <laughs> Researchers at NASA's Langley Research Center are developing soft robot actuators from 3D-printed flexible silicone molds to study how soft robots can be used for space exploration. Oh That's what I want to happen. I want to send one out into space and have, like, nine alien ships around it and say, that thing's from Earth. Let's see what an Earthling looks like. Exactly. And then they pull out this inflatable silicone robot that says, take me to your leader. Think robots are all square corners and rigid metal parts? Think again. Two interns at NASA are part of a larger group working on soft robots that could be used for exploring worlds beyond Earth or be fun to kick around the yard. This includes the moon, NASA's next major destination. I thought we'd been there already. The advantage of a soft robot is that it's flexible. You know, going to the moon, it ought to be like driving a car. It ought to by we now. We went there when? In 1969? Yeah, it's been so many years now. You know, we ought to be, we really, there ought to be a spaceship outside and say, hey, I'll be, I'll be back. I'm going I'm to go up to the moon. We could be broadcasting from the moon. I'm going to go get some moon rocks. The kids want them for the weekend. They're having a party. They ought to be able to just get in something yep. and just. Just like getting on a bus. Pay your fare and end up on the moon. Well, NASA was saying that they're now wanting to establish a lunar base. Well, it's about time. <laughs> well, they better be careful because the aliens already have one on the dark side of the moon. <laughs> They'll just send the soft robots to check it out. Exactly. Yeah. That way, if they get shot with a ray gun, no, you know. It'll just boil and No bubble. harm. No foul. <laughs> These robots are being made in Virginia at Langley's. NASA's got a place, Langley Research Center in Hampton, and they're the ones that are creating the soft robot actuators. Actuators are machine components that control the robot's moving parts. Yeah. Actuators. Sounds kind of like terminators. I wouldn't want them to be called an actuator. <laughs> yeah. You know, they keep messing with this stuff, and terminators are going to become real right here on the planet. Yeah, with this new AI they're working these, these, on. These things might stuff. be soft and rubbery, but... They may have a mind of their own, and they're going to get angry. Yep. <laughs> what happened to you? Robot got angry. Took my lunch and poked me in the eye. Because that's what they do. Coming up, more Lee Brothers right here on AMA 20 WNTW and FM 92.7. Stay with us. Scott and Richard Lee, the circus clowns of talk radio. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth upon this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we're engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated 
can long endure. We're met with the great battlefield of that war. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who here gave their lives that that nation might live. It is also together fitting and proper that we should do this. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. The brave men, living and dead, who struggled here have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note, nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us, the living, rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they here gave the last full measure of devotion. We here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from this earth. America, spread your golden wings, sail on freedom's wind, cross the sky. Memorial Day. It's Memorial Day weekend. It's an American holiday observed on the last Monday of May, honoring the men and women who died while serving in the United States military. Originally known as Decoration Day, it originated in the years following the Civil War and became an official federal holiday in 1971. Many Americans observe Memorial Day by visiting cemeteries or memorials, holding family gatherings, and participating in parades. Unofficially, it marks the beginning of the summer season. The Civil War, which ended in the spring of 1865, claimed more lives than any conflict in U.S. history and required the establishment of the country's first national cemeteries. By the late 1860s, Americans in various towns and cities had begun holding springtime tributes to these countless fallen soldiers, decorating their graves with flowers and reciting prayers. Each year on Memorial Day, a national moment of remembrance takes place at 3 p.m. local time. Memorial Day was was born out of the Civil War. That was the Gettysburg Address. And now, let me bite my tongue a few more First times. day with your new lips. Nevertheless, in 1966, federal government declared Waterloo, New York, the official birthplace of Memorial Day. So, so Monday, you know, if you're having a cookout or you're going skiing, whatever you're doing, you know, three o'clock, take a moment to remember all of those that have fallen defending this country so you can have your Memorial Day cookouts and trips to the river or beach or whatever you're doing. Just remember all of those people who died so we can live the life that we live today. Say a little prayer for them. I know, I know I will. And if you want to go swimming with the sharks, I can tell you where there's a really nice one. 
actually got a name. Long Island Sound. Call out for Cabot. Hey, Cabot. Also remember the animals that have arrived in Virginia that are looking for their forever homes. They need, they need you. They need you to come and, and, and pick out your new dog or your new cat. David from Richmond, you're on AMA 20 WNTW with the Lee Brothers. Welcome to the show. Hello, David. As we were experiencing earlier, we have some, dif- ter- some technical difficulties today, and David disappeared. But anyway... Um, Hopefully the aliens didn't get him. Yeah, they may have. That's right. Yeah, when I started this... The Pentagon story, I, I just felt their presence. Because I have this, like, monitoring chip under the skin. It was put there years ago by... By aliens. By aliens, aliens put yeah. it there. It usually doesn't hurt, but every now and then it glows. <laughs> it glows different colors. It tells me that my alien brothers are nearby. And they want to visit. And I tell them, come on in. You're the next contestant on Let's Play with the Aliens. And they look like squishy robots. Yeah, right. and they're they're short. <laughs> they're short. They only have four fingers, no thumbs. And they got these big black eyes. So if you poke one in the eye, man, you're gonna you're gonna hurt them. They're gonna be running into walls and everything else trying to get away from you. I've been there, done that. I like my alien friends. They forgive you pretty quick. Better make sure they don't have a ray gun before you poke them. <laughs> Well, that's a wrap. Memorial Day weekend is here. And uh, I can tell you a lot of people traveling this weekend, so I could tell by the traffic coming in. Be careful out there. Yeah, please, please, take your time. Don't be in a big rush. You'll get there when you get there, and you'll be safe and sound. Don't, you know, speed kills, and and that's a fact. Don't crash into the Batmobile. Yeah. Yeah. Watch if you see Batman. the Batmobile, back off. How do you run into a Batmobile? That's insane. That's just crazy. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Be safe. Enjoy your families. Got any burgers left over? Email us, Patriots at the Lee Brothers.com, because we can be there in a flash. I'll steal the Batmobile and we'll be right there. Have a great weekend. We'll be back next Friday right here on AM820, WNTW, and FM92.7. Scott will be with us, so we'll see you then. Have a blessed, safe weekend. One of my favorite quotations about age comes from Thomas Jefferson. He said that we should never judge a president by his age, only by his work. And ever since he told me that, I've stopped worrying. My friends, we did it. We weren't just marking time. We made a difference. We made the city stronger. We made the city freer. And we left her in good hands. All in all, not bad. Not bad at all. And so... Bye. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America.